you have your Bible this morning, I'd ask you to turn with me to Galatians 6 7. The title of my message is So Responsibility. Galatians 6 7 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. He is not going to be mocked. He hasn't been mocked. He will never be mocked. But the truth will come. That for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Now that's true. Uh, this verse is, is great, I think. It's one of the first verses that I memorized as a kid. It has many, many ramifications to it. It can be applied to all of our lives in a hundred different ways. A lot of people take this verse and they use it in the God is going to get you tradition. I don't like that very much. I don't uh, go that way. Um, I don't use it uh, like that. I don't think that's what it means. I think there's a real positive side to the verse, a blessing side to the verse that I hope we can emphasize this morning. I think the verse can also mean in a very positive way that our Lord knows, he knows when we sow a good seed, a seed of love, a seed of mercy, a seed of caring, a seed of some good deed that we might do, a good thought that we might share. If we are sowing a responsible yes to our Lord, then we will reap a great blessing. Because of it, we have a, a number of fine teachers in our church. Let me ask you this morning if you have taught school at some level, any level, for over five years, would you lift your hand? Now, look at that. Look at me. We've had a world of teachers in this church, a whole, whole bunch of them. people that have given their lives to help other people learn and to grow. Uh, I think that's just terrific. Some of these folks that just raised their hand gave their whole life, uh, mature life, working years to teaching people, helping people. I think that they have been so successful in that, and there's a reason for their success. It's because they're good people. It's because they are Christian people. It's because they have done good deeds. They're honest people. They're people that have integrity. They wouldn't have gone into that field if they hadn't had a desire in their heart to help people and to move people along toward success in their lives. They sowed love and responsibility. And for that, the Lord has blessed them. If we sow responsibility, the God that we worship will remember it. He will remember it forever. Is the God that we worship big enough to let each of us, as his children, have our own point of view? I think he does. We are not just puppets on a string. We are called to be responsible believers. And we have a choice whether or not we want to do that. 
thank God that those of you that gather with us today to study his word have made that choice. And you're moving in a Godward direction in your life. I think viable conversation goes on with God when we say both yes and no to him. The best picture we have of God in the scripture is when we see him as the father of our Lord and Savior Jesus. Which of you, as a father this morning, is not proud when your child develops apart from you? They become their own person. They become a person in his or her own right. Maybe not always agreeing with you, but always honoring you. Don't you think God has more respect for a responsible no and all that that signifies than he does an irresponsible yes? Some people say yes to God when they're in a foxhole. And the bullets are whizzing by and the bombs are going off and they think that they might live about two more seconds. And they begin to think about God. And they begin to say, God, if you'll let me get out of here, I'll be a missionary. I'll be a guy that reads through the Bible every year. I'll be a witness for you. I'll go to church every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night for the rest of my life. Make all kinds of promises. And then you're out of the battle. And then a lot of those folks uh, forget a lot of that. Don't do a lot of that. Some people are real, real sick. And the doctor comes in and says, I have bad news. And you think, well, I'm going to die. And they begin to make all kinds of promises to God. You know, God, I'll do anything. I'll go anywhere. I'll say anything. I'll give anything. If you'll help keep me alive. And then they do get wet. And they forget many of the things that they have said that they would do. And many of them never do any of them. Some people say yes to others. I'll meet you at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and they get there at 3 o'clock. Some people say yes, I agree with you about that. And really they don't agree with you at all. Sometimes it is necessary for us to say no before we can say yes. You can see this, of course, in children. Children uh, come to the age where they make their declaration of independence. That's what many people call the terrible twos (laughs) or threes or fours, whichever. And they say no to everything for a while. When the child realizes that they can say no and be heard and say yes and be heard, then their yes becomes much more meaningful. I went to my 25th high school reunion a number of years ago. It was in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and I got there, and a lot of my uh, old friends were there, and it was good to see them. A fellow named Fred Perkinson was there. Fred was a good friend of mine in high school, and we ran on the track team together. He was a great athlete. It was good to see him. 
he had heard uh, through the grapevine that I had gone into the ministry and uh, that I was pastoring a church and he came up and started talking to me and I said, well, how's it been since high school? And he said, well, Ron, I'll tell you. He said, when I first graduated from high school, I moved to southern Alabama. And I thought that maybe I could drink all of the beer in south (laughs) Alabama. He said, I found out that I couldn't. He said, I tried, but I couldn't. He said, I got married. I had six boys. He said, uh, I was out driving one night, and I was drunk. And I got in a terrible accident. I almost died. He said, Ron, you know what I did next? I said, no, I don't. (laughs) And he said, "Uh, I told God that I was going to get serious about my relationship with him. He said, I told God I was going to change. And he said, I've tried to since then. You know, a responsible yes is very meaningful. I hope that we don't have to be in a terrible wreck in order to make a responsible yes that says to the Lord, I'm going to get real serious about my life in relationship to you. If we say yes to God about something and and really we don't mean it, I think it's worse than saying no. I don't think God takes promises lightly. You remember Israel. uh, They had a covenant with God, and they would re-up on their covenant every once in a while, and they would start following him, and then they'd get way far afield and start serving pagan gods and living in a pagan way, and God would come in and chastise them, and then they would say, you know, I want to live by the covenant again, and I'm going to follow you, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that, and time would pass, and they'd move away from the covenant. God would come in and chastise them, get them straightened up. Again and again, they fell far short of what God wanted them to be and to do. They said yes to God, but they lived out a no. Have you ever said to yes to God about something and and then you didn't intentionally try to deceive God or to mock God, but, but you really lived out a no? Maybe there was a time in your life when you said, I'm going to read the Bible through this year. A lot of people do that. I think I ought to do it. But you didn't do it. Sometimes in our dealings with each other, it seems like we're trying to be deceptive. The girl who is a tease says yes, but really means no. The girl who is very seductive says no, but she really means yes. The politician says yes and means no. And they say no and they mean yes. People in the service industry always say yes. They really want to say maybe, but they don't feel like they can or they might lose the sale. Sometimes our no is just emotional. We might be at the point in our life when 
We cannot give a responsible answer. We're so messed up mentally, you know, relationally, spiritually, whatever, that we just we can't give a responsible answer. Have the situations of life just overwhelmed you? Where you have wanted to just leave your family, you have wanted to leave all those, those monthly bills, you have want, wanted to leave those nagging problems that won't go away, you have wanted to leave that ringing telephone that won't quit ringing. And all of those things that go with all of that. You've thought about just going somewhere in the mountains and get by a lake in a hammock and kind of go back and forth in the hammock. Well, occasionally our dialogue with life produces within us a need to just shout no to everything. But that no is an irresponsible no. When King Edward said no to the British throne and yes to the woman that he loved, some thought, well, that's just emotional. That's just an emotional thing. That isn't going to last. Well, it did. He was really committed to her. He loved her. He stayed with her for 35 years. Until his death. He was serious about it. Another thing we must realize is that when we say yes to one thing, it means we're saying no to a lot of other things. A yes to faithfulness is a no to irresponsibility. When we say yes to saving money, it means saying no to the new TV that year, or no to the new rug, or the, a no to junior or sis in buying them a new bicycle. When we say no to Jesus, it inevitably means yes to selfish me, yes to illusory goals, yes to that which would not be best for us, Conviction can only be born out of looking at the alternatives. Our Lord is concerned that our yes would mean yes, and our no would mean no. Whatever response we give to God, it should be incarnate in our daily walk. He is a gentleman, and he expects us to live by what we say. The scripture says, be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Have you said yes to God about a particular thing? And you've been saying yes to him for years and years. But it's always turned out to be a no. I wonder if we think we're sly enough to mock God and for him not to know it. You know, some people are nutty enough to think that. Jacob fooled his father Isaac, and he fooled his brother Esau. But he didn't fool God. And we're not going to be able to fool God. 
Jacob fooled a lot of people. But he never did fool God. Many businesses at the end of the summer take inventory. I had an aunt who for many, many years uh, ran a grocery store in Palatka, Florida. And my family, for some reason or another, always went south at the very hottest time of the year, and we would go to Palatka and stay for about two weeks. Uh, Many summers, I would spend two weeks there, and I would help in the inventory at my aunt's store. Uh, It was my job as a small boy, I think I was about nine, ten, eight, something like that, to count the different pieces of candy (laughs) in the huge candy case. As I think back on that, that was probably to get rid of me for a good period of time. Well, that was my job. And uh, back then, the candy wasn't individually wrapped. And it would kind of melt together, you know, when it was about 100 degrees outside. And it was real hard to count that candy. Real, real hard. It would stick together. Uh, it was just a mess to try and count it. Those BB bats. Do you remember BB bats? I loved BB bats. Do you remember the little wax type bottles with the sweet syrup inside? I loved those. There was a lot of licorice. I've never liked licorice, but there was a lot of licorice and taffy. Inventory was really something. I always tried to make the count as easy as possible by eating as much as I possibly could. How long has it been in your life since you've had an inventory, kind of a personal inventory? You know, we really ought to all take an inventory at least once a year, maybe twice a year would be better, at least once a year, where you would evaluate, you do an inventory of your social life, of your financial life, of your family life, of your spiritual life. You just kind of take an inventory. See how it's going. See where you're going. How many times have you said yes to God about something and then decided, well, I don't know. My friends aren't doing that. Why should I do it? How many responsible yeses do you have where you have done exactly what God wanted you to do? Exactly. How many no's do you have that should have been yeses? Take an inventory. I'd encourage you to do that this afternoon. After you eat, take take an inventory. That'd be a good thing. Most people, uh, when they think about tension, they always think, well, that's a bad thing. You know, tension is not good. A little bit of tension is bad. And when we start taking an inventory of our life, we think, well, gosh, a lot of this is not real good. Some people think that all tension is bad. Well, that's not true. It's only when you add a little tension to the strings that the violin gives that beautiful 
beautiful music. I hope you are feeling a little bit of tension this morning. If there is a decision for Christ that you should have already made, but you haven't. How about sowing a responsible yes this morning? If you do that, our verse says that you will be blessed. You will just be blessed in a wonderful, wonderful way. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Matthew 10.33 says, Whosoever shall deny me before men, I will deny them before my Father who is in heaven. That's a promise that Jesus gave us. If you deny him here, he's going to deny you there. That's just real clear. There's no, no way to get around that. You know, Christians talk a lot about the second coming, a whole lot. There have been hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands and thousands of books written about the second coming. If you turn on the television and go around to all the channels, you'll find two or three preachers that are talking about the second coming. If you turn on the radio to the religious stations, you'll hear uh, them talking more than just periodically. You'll hear them uh, talking about the second coming frequently. Well, let me mention this. Some people haven't had the first coming yet. (laughs) They haven't. They have never placed their faith and trust in God. And they have never joined his church. I hope today that you would answer yes to the call of our Lord upon your life. If you've never trusted in Christ as your Savior, or if you've never followed through with believers' baptism, or if you've never joined his church, if you've never done this, if you've never done that, that you know would be pleasing to God Almighty. We're going to have a time of invitation. I'm going to stand right down here at the front. If the Lord leads, you just slip out and slip forward. Take a stand for him today. Let's stand together as we sing.